y'all. Happy Wednesday, the best day of the week. And you know why? Because every Wednesday, it's a Black Talk Radio. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kristen Ayana. And tonight, we're going to be doing our regular media topics, as well as interviewing Josh Waters. And I just played his newest track, Brown Skin. And you know, I must say, I really was feeling it because I'm a brown skin girl. So, duh. I guess that is a little biased there. Um, but I'm super duper excited to be chatting with him tonight. And yeah, and also it's the best month in like the whole entire world. Like we finally made it to December and I just feel like I got to do a big shout out to all my Sagittarius, big Sag gang, you know, you know, you know the vibes. And I'm just really excited because it's Sag season. Yeah, my birthday is coming, okay? Um, My birthday is December 10th, which is next week, Thursday. And let me tell y'all something. I'm accepting all the gifts, all the love, and anything that y'all want to give me. I'm definitely here for it. So, I just feel like what better sign, you know, could there possibly be than a Sagittarius? Like, I just want everyone this month to just tell me, what did a Sagittarius do to you that has just impacted your life in an amazing way? Because we are the greatest sign to ever walk the planet Earth. But enough of that. So, I got DJ Bam in the studio. He's trying to talk about some whatever. He's a Gemini. Most hated. Nobody likes y'all. So, but my best friend is a Gemini. So, shout out to my bestie, Westie. But before we get into, you know, the interview with Josh, um, first things first, I have to do my media topics, right? Because there is always something going on in this crazy world, and 2020 has definitely proven that. So, let me tell y'all. So, G Herbo and his crew have been accused of using stolen IDs and basically committing fraud um, for more than $1 million. Now, it has been said that G Herbo was looking at some serious charges, you know, after being tied to the federal fraud case. Um, it's Herb, his music promoter, and other members of his crew who are being accused of using the stolen IDs. And, you know, apparently the things that they purchased were a vill- villas in Jamaica for a vacation, um, you know, exotic car rentals, private jets, and I don't know. Listen, this whole time we thinking these rappers are making an honest living and they are scamming. <laughs> so, what do y'all think? Shout out to everybody in my live right now. What do y'all think about that? I mean, it is a pandemic. Do what you got to do. <laughs> Just don't get caught. But honestly, it's really sad, though, because he definitely can be facing some serious charges if, you know, he doesn't get this sorted out. So... I don't know, G Herbo. Sorry to that man, but it ain't looking too bright. That's crazy, though. Mm. 
I just feel like it's been a rough, a rough 2020. We've always, we've been seeing so many celebrities in a lot of bull lately. Um, speaking of bull, <laughs> Casanova is also apparently, you know, the feds are looking for him. <laughs> it's DJ Bam's reactions to the stories for me. They're running it up during quarantine, okay? Yeah, they online preaching about no matter what, make sure you get that bag. Um, we know how you're getting your bag. And listen, you're going to jail. But um, <laughs> Casanova is basically tied to, you know, a case for basically trafficking crack cocaine. Um, yeah, and, you know, all throughout New York. And basically, he can face up to mandatory minimum of 10 years for doing this. So, damn, but I really liked Casanova. I really liked that song that he had. Um, How it go again? Yeah, it's 2 a.m. and uh, yeah, that song was good, but it has Tory Lanez in it, so mm. don't, don't do that. This is a Megan Thee Stallion stand, stand account. Tory Lanez, boo. I don't rock with him. And that's on period. And whoever is mad about that, then. I barely even listen to Chris Brown. That's the crazy part. I don't think everybody going to be like, nothing. First of all, Tory Lanez got on Clubhouse, which which brings me to my next point. But Clubhouse is basically like this new app. For those of y'all who don't know, it's in beta. It's an invite-only app, and you could join different chat rooms. So, you know, when you join the chat room, you could either be like an audience member, or you could be like, if you create the room, you can be a moderator, and then you can have like people come up on stage to speak. So, and it's pretty cool. I've been on it for a month. I've been on it for like a month now. Um... And it's dope because, like, they have, like, a bunch of, like, networking chats. So, like, there's this, um, there's, like, this journalist one that I was in at one point. Um, there was actually, like, this radio one, too, that I was in. And the guy from ESPN, um, that does, like, the voiceover for ESPN was in there. And he's, like, a really, like, successful radio host. So, it's cool. Like, you know, it's cool networking. And then it's also, like, fun if you just want to talk to people and, you know, meet new people, I guess. I mean, it is a pandemic. I don't really know who you're meeting, but um, <laughs> things of that nature. So moral of the story is, though, celebrities are on Clubhouse. And Clubhouse isn't like an other apps because there is no, like, shout out to DJ Joker in a line. Okay. Um, Clubhouse is like... Not as different from other social media apps because there isn't regulations per se. So, like, you know, if you're a celebrity, you're verified on Twitter and Instagram. Like, Clubhouse doesn't have that. Like, everybody is literally on the same playing field. Like, you have a regular profile. You don't get no verified check if you're a celebrity. None of that. So, with that being said, like, it'd be a bunch of people in different rooms. Celebrities included. So, two nights ago... Somebody made a room on Clubhouse, and the title of it was, Should Mulatto Change Her Name? 
So for those of you who don't know, Mulatto is a rapper, female rapper out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, her name is Mulatto, but sometimes she go by Big Lotto. And basically there has been like a lot of talk about her name and like if she should change it or not. And, you know, basically saying that it's problematic. So the thing is during the BET Hip Hop Awards, um, there was a press conference and, you know, Mulata was a part of the press conference and, you know, one of the journalists, shout out to Amber, because I actually follow her on social media and she's, you know, she's pretty nice. She asked Mulatto, she was like, you know, basically asking her about the name. And Mulatto, like, kind of hinted that she was thinking of changing it. So then that has been, like, kind of the trending topic this week. And then, you know, the Clubhouse group is created now. And it's a whole big chat room on if she should change her name or not. Why people think it's problematic. um, Because, you know, it is a slur. Things of that nature. So, Mulatto enters the chat, but she's not speaking. So, basically with Clubhouse, you have, like, the moderators, the speakers, and then you have the audience. So, Mulatto is in the audience, and they know that. Um, One thing led to another, and then all I know, y'all, is that I saw Mulatto's manager come up to speak. And, you know, he was very upset because he was just basically saying, like, no matter what, they do whether she changes it or not he just feels like they're trying to come for her and when I and you know I kind of get his gist because in the same stance I've been seeing recently more than ever on clubhouse people are making like these making these groups and with the titles it's like like the title was why would you name yourself mulatto so already he already her team is going to come in there defensive because just of the name of the chat alone, because before you enter a chat, it's like you can only see the name and like the people that are in it, but you don't know like what it necessarily is about. So they was not happy, y'all. And it's crazy because the same thing, similarly enough, also happened like on Sunday with Kevin Hart. Someone made, they made a chat. It was like, the title was, is Kevin Hart even funny for real? And then Kevin Hart came in there and then there was a whole debacle so, I don't know. Will Clubhouse be the end-all, be-all? I don't know, y'all. Tory Lanez was in the, the Clubhouse chat, and they was lighting him up. He was getting dragged. I was in there. Um, Sorry to that man. And his friend tried to defend him. And then someone was like, well, to be honest, I don't really know because I don't have friends that shoot people. I was just like... Yo, what the heck? But I do like Clubhouse. It's it's a cool app for real. Like I really think it's cool. Um, but I want to know DJ Bam's thoughts on Clubhouse. Do you think that it's an app that's gonna be, you know, the next big thing? Do you think No, it's just gonna be the next shade room, that's all. You think it's gonna be the next but I feel like people are really it's, networking. It's, they're networking, but like you said, all the titles you don't name is all negative. So it's it's, it's, it's a bash app. <laughs> Nobody gonna want to be a part of that. It's for clout. That, that's not gonna last long. It's not. I think the issue with Clubhouse too is that it really started as like just a tech based app, and um, it was like tech based, like industry people. Um, but now it's like getting more to the general public. But it still is invite only. Yeah, it's basically the same way. You know what I mean, I hate to say this, but you was young. 
Right. Same way as Facebook started. At one point, Facebook. Was yeah, you had to get Facebook. Invite. Facebook was only for uh, college students. Yeah. Like literally only college students. I remember being in high school and my man was in college. He was like, yo, yeah, I got a Facebook. And we were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then when we tried to sign up for it, it literally was like, no, you cannot. At the time, Facebook used to ask you what college you go to. And you guys had a school email? Yep. All types of shit. So, but, um, that that clubhouse shit, nah. Forget. Have that. you heard about clubhouse? I I I ran across it. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not I'm not even going to sit here and act like I ran across it. And I went to go download it. No, I have not downloaded, but <laughs> I ran across it. But now hearing what you're saying, I was, was this is another fucking app. I'm gonna sit there and watch. No, but it's ass. I don't know. Like it's cool. Like no, I've... but but what I'm saying is, it probably is cool, legit, everything. Um, but. It's it's sad that it takes negativity mm-hmm. for it to get attention. Um, but you know what's crazy though? I think from my end, I think from my end, it was already getting attention before the negativity. Um, but that's because I'm a real I'm a real big Twitter user, and I I'm learning that a lot of people don't be on Twitter. Yeah, that's just like a lot of people. Some people still feel like we should target Facebook. And sorry, good. I'm not doing that. And <laughs> like I said, a lot of people that's that's not where they, their crowd is at. Like Facebook mm-hmm. is still good. Don't get it twisted. Right. But like I like I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, yo, that Facebook wave how you think it used to be is not the same no more. Like it's not. I mean, then, I can only speak for my demographic and my yeah, age group, but it's not even that. My age group also. Like I, I got my mom use Facebook. <laughs> but is your mom on it like that? I bet she's probably on Instagram more than Facebook. Oh no. See, my mom, I just made her Instagram. Um right, see, see, that so she go on it, but like, no, yeah. she's a fake like she is Facebook. Like she be watching this YouTuber. Um, and this other lady that's in Jamaica that runs this charity and right, does so this video like, and all this. I'm talking about legit. Like, I know, like my mom. My mom's on Instagram more than Facebook. You know really? I mean? Yeah. So it's like people. You have some people who do keep up with the generation and the times, and you got some people that keep up with the trend. Mm-hmm. Like I got a Twitter. I fucking hate Twitter. Why, yo? My sister hates Twitter, and Twitter is I, so good. Like but, she, but I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you this real quick, and not to even <laughs> dwell on this. I came to a conclusion at the time when Twitter was popping once again. Like, got tired of fucking typing everything. Now you can just post. You can just post a picture now. So Twitter also, in my this is my anonymous of it. Mm-hmm. Twitter is for people who like to sit there and type, type, type. Just like some people who... I know people who like Twitter who hate Instagram. Oh, I'm not going to post my every move, but then you go on Twitter and type your every move. Nah, but the, no. On Twitter, like, we really be... Like, Twitter is so um, more interactive, in my opinion, than Instagram because, like, we really talk. Like, people on Twitter really but, talk. But that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say, too. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like I, I look at it like this. Everybody have their own lane. My mm-hmm. my more of my following, my interaction is Instagram. Mm. Like I'm not gonna sit here in front. Like I don't even give a damn. I think I only got like 400 something followers on Twitter, and I don't even care 
Like, I don't even care about that. I mean, your followers don't matter on Twitter. No, nah, but that's what I mean. At one point, it did matter. But Josh just got in our live. Um, and I want y'all to, you know, let me know what you prefer. Twitter, Instagram, or um, Clubhouse, if you're on Clubhouse. Uh, Clubhouse. It is not for the week. Tell you that much. If I was a celebrity, I would not be on Clubhouse. <laughs> so we are now adding Josh to the live. It says connecting. Hi, how What's are up? you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, no problem. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I just want to say for the people listening or joining the live that this is the Black Talk Radio IG Live with Josh. Um, I'm going to be chatting with him tonight. So first things first, can you tell us where you're from and what made you start getting into music? So I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, by way of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I grew up in like a musical family. My brother was a musician. My mom was a vocalist. Mm. So it was just around me so much. uh, And I just gravitated towards it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So you said you was born in Mississippi, but you grew mm-hmm. up in Atlanta? I'm No, no, no. I live in Atlanta. You lived in born Atlanta. Born and raised. Yeah, yeah. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I moved to Atlanta uh March of before years ago. Oh, okay. So what was it like yeah. growing up in Mississippi? Uh in terms of what exactly? Just like the atmosphere, like stuff to do, like, cause I'm from Jersey. So when I hear like people that come from Mississippi, I always wonder like, what is it like? Like, I think real like Southern, like boring. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, (laughs) it's definitely super Southern. The hospitality is real. Um, when people ask me that, that's why I always say like, in terms of what I feel like people, the perception or Mm -hmm. how they perceive Mississippi is the only way that they see it on TV. You know what I mean? Mad country, dirt roads and stuff. (laughs) And which which that do, it does exist out there, but it also exists in Georgia, man. So it's cool. Right. Uh, the people are usually pretty genuine. Um, I I love the fact that I'm from Mississippi, so it was cool, man. It was cool. Okay, okay. And yeah. would you say like growing up in Mississippi has like influenced your creativity in any way? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so Big Crit. Um, are you familiar with Big Crit? Um, yes. Big Crit is my favorite artist of all time. So he's a Southern rapper, Southern MC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part, he even, uh, he does a really good job at embodying what it's like to be an artist from mm-hmm. home and what, what all of the Southern grit, the cars, you know what I mean? The the playerness, right. uh, like I mentioned the word being genuine. It's, it's really more or less, it's that. It's that going through, man. So, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um now I want to get into your latest single. You just dropped it today, Brown yeah. Skin. So talk to us about, you know, like the creative process behind that and things of that nature. Um so Brown Skin Love, I don't know if you're aware, but I'm releasing 52 records this year. I've been releasing a song every Wednesday since yes, January which is, 1st. It actually goes into um, my question that I'm gonna ask you. Okay, no, nah, that's good. <laughs> shout out, shout out. So Brown Skin Love was, um, shout out to my brother Eli, shout out to my developer, my artist developer, Misha Fair. Uh, we was just having a session. Actually, Eli and I started on the idea first. We're just in the session having a conversation about melanin and women. Uh, he's from New York. I'm from Mississippi. Which, so the conversation was actually interesting in terms of how we 
felt and perceived this topic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just me more or less collaborative in a collaborative effort expressing my appreciation for women of color. Okay, dope. And you know, yeah. Black girl. Come on. Here. You hey. This is Black you Talk fit the Radio. Description. So, you know, <laughs> I really I really did I really did appreciate that track. So, you Respect. mentioned that you are dropping a song every Wednesday. So yes. I want you to tell me a little bit about that. How did you come up with that idea, and what is the workload like to do that? It's honestly so starting with the workload. The, the workload is so much more than I think any of us from my team imagined it would be. Like it, it, mm. it's so much, and I'm thankful for everybody who has worked with me on this because I wouldn't have been able to do it by myself. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm signed to an independent label out in Atlanta. I'm signed to a producer by the name of Willpower. Mm-hmm. And when I started with him, I started with an artist development program, which was six months. I would come to the studio every day at 10 a.m. There's a gym there with trainer. I would work out from 10 to 11. It's a shower there. So I would go straight to the shower. Okay. After that, I would go get in an hour lesson, a vocal lesson. Um, after that, I might eat or something. And then I jump right into the studio at like three o'clock and I was recording from three until. And so... At the end of 2019, we had all of this music, but we didn't feel like we had the sound or a body of work, per se. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what do we do with these records? And we didn't have 52. We may have like 30-something songs. And my big homie, Will, was like, we putting out a song every week next year. And I'm like, bet. All right. <laughs> so I was on board. But like I say, I don't think either one of us was aware of just how much work was going to go into it. Shout out to Tahoe 404. She actually did the marketing coming up with the whole card deck spill. So it's 52 right. cards in the deck. Exactly. You know what I mean? Four quarters in the music industry, four suits in the uh, card deck also, man. So we kind of just played the whole release schedule off a deck of cards. Right, right, right. No, I think that's really dope for real. And it really shows that's your right. dedication as an artist to really have yeah. completed, you know, that much track. So you mentioned that you are signed to an independent label. Yeah. In Atlanta. So I want to know, like, how did that come about? And, you know, what has having a team, what has that been mm-hmm. like for you as an artist? And, you know, how has that helped you? Yeah. So it came about, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Big Crit. Uh, being from Mississippi is super ironic. Crit's younger brother and my current manager, John Griggs, they both were managing me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up just building a you know an organic relationship with Big Crit. He worked on my first album, so forth and so on. Well, Big Crit has an album entitled Forever's a Mighty Long Time. Mm-hmm. And the producer who I'm signed to was executively producing that album with Crit. Oh. And so this was before I moved to Atlanta. Uh, I was out here visiting, and I went to a Crit session, and Willpower just so happened to be there. I had this single that I was getting ready to release uh, with Smoke Dizza. And they let me play it in the session. And, you know, everybody was hyped and geeked over it. And that kind of was how we got introduced to one another. Right. Well, two years later, I was getting ready to release it or start recording on my next project. And I wanted a new environment to record in. And I remember one of my partners, he was like, yo, Willpower just opened up a studio. You should book some time over there. So I did. And the energy, the energy, man, was like nothing I had ever experienced before, especially being in Atlanta. You go to the studio out here, it's trapped out. Niggas got choppers and shit everywhere. Oh, like, God. It, get, it gets crazy. And I I'm, I understand it, so I'm not knocking it, but I'm an R&B singer. You feel right, me? So it's exactly. like I need a different energy, a different vibe um, when I'm trying to create. And it just was so like, they was burning sage and shit. Like, you, it was just, it was very... It was your vibe. It was, 
it was my vibe, man. And so the engineer, shout out to Shea Renaissance, he kept going back and telling Willpower, like, yo, it's this kid who keep booking time here. You need to know about him. And one day in the studio, we ended up crossing paths. And it was that double take, like, don't I know you? And he was like, let's have a meeting. And when we had the meeting, his first question was, are you signed? I'm like, nah. He was like, what are you looking for? And I was like, guidance. And so we courted each other for like two years working with each other. And then I finally made a decision to sign with them. Yeah. I think that's dope. Um, I love how it was, you know, very like natural and organic um, type of right. vibe that you guys yeah, created. Yeah. And then, you you know, you guys got the opportunity to work with each other and, you know, you now are assigned. So right, right. you mentioned, you know, like being in the studio, you know, some things that you like and some things that you yeah. don't like. So now I just want to know what is it like being in the studio with you overall and like what is your creative process like? I also yeah. want to say for anyone in the chat, if you guys do have any questions for Josh, feel free to leave them in the question box because like I do try to go through questions. But yeah, now you can just tell us about your studio time experience. My process. Um, yeah. So I don't work outside of doing music. So I'm literally in the studio at least six days out of seven. Wow. And yeah, for real. So <clears throat> are you in the studio me, right I'm, now? I'm sorry. Are you in the studio right now? I'm actually not at the studio. I opted out. I was going to go back. I had a session earlier. What was that, at 12? I went and did a session at 12, and I uh, spent a couple hours there and came home. So I'm actually at home in my room. Shout out. But (laughs) um, my creative process, it differs, I guess. So with 52, because we had to put out a song every week, Mm -hmm. the pace had to be, like, there. You know what I mean? You had to have these records turned in. You had to have the mixing process, the mastering. It was so tedious that I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to really dig into each song and really do as much as I know that I'm capable of on certain records. Mm. Now, I don't feel like by no means that we lacked on Mm -hmm. anything from that. But at the same time, now that I'm getting ready to go into album mode, this process will be a lot different than the one that I'm about to explain to you. So in the process of me making 52, what typically would happen is um, I go in, whatever vibe or energy I'm feeling for the day, I'm signed to a production label. So there's a slew of producers mm-hmm. uh, for me to choose an energy from or a vibe from. And we book, we go in and we cook up. It usually starts with a conversation. I'm all about being organic and truthful. So even if the situation or circumstances wasn't one that I necessarily lived through, then through conversation, perhaps I can be inspired from and tell right. someone else's story. You know what I mean? So it usually starts with a conversation. Um, that leads to me writing a song about whatever my point of view may be on this topic. Or I had an experience the night before come in and, and instantly try to regurgitate that. You know what I mean? So I, I go off of what I feel, man, and I don't fabricate that by no means. So if I don't feel it, I don't make it. Right. And I think that's really important. Um, I love that you said if you don't feel it, you don't make it. Because I think as an artist, it's super duper important to stay true to you. And organic yes. to who you are. So you've made so much music um, within the past year. So I want to know, what would you say would be your favorite track and why? What would be my favorite track? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so difficult. I got to give you one out of 52. All right, you want to do uh, top five? Top five. That's hard too, but I, I, that's that's better than one. So I'm gonna start with swinging. Okay, I um, played that on my show a couple weeks back. Swinging is my jam, and I explain each one as I name them. So swinging is one of my tops because, man, 
as I am an R&B singer. I grew up on the Tanks, the Ericas, the Jasmines, the Jills. Mm-hmm. But I love like my Outkast and my UGKs mm-hmm. and my Goody Mob. So swinging was my way as an R&B artist to showcase that and embody that fully without like stepping outside of the soulfulness that I bring to right. records. You know what I mean? Um, so mm-hmm. swinging was that for me. Vegan was dope. That's one of my favorite. Uh, I'm pleased with how we was able to turn that record into what it turned into because that was not what it was supposed to be. Like (laughs) what is the chorus was just a talking piece on the intro. And we like, wait a minute, that need to be the hook. So how that song came about is amazing to me. Can't wait is my favorite. um, One of my favorites because I'm big on respecting women. Mm -hmm. So it was my way of having a sexual record or addressing a sexual topic, but in a respectful way without mm-hmm. having to degrade or diminish whatever it is that I feel women stand for to begin with. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right, right, And then just the same because it was so nostalgic, uh, just the feeling that it brings. And I would have to say, oh, man, it's tough. <laughs> let's go with Dutch Masters because okay. I love weed. <laughs> All right. So my question for you is, do you like roll up before a session or what is that like? So I'll be honest, man. If I had it my way, mm-hmm. I would roll up before every session. Mm-hmm. If it's a creative writing session, I'm definitely roll- rolling up. But I take my vocal care and health so seriously mm-hmm. that if I know that whatever recording I do tonight is intended on being the final cut or the cut that I'm getting mixed and mastered, Right. I flush myself out. So straight water. I might have a little sip or something, but mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah, nah, I try to keep my vocals as clear and clean as possible whenever I'm doing final cuts. All right. I think that is good. You got some balance, you know? So I Yeah, got that. to. Got to. I love that. I love that. So now I want to know, you mentioned, you know, some of the people that you're inspired by. You mentioned yeah. the Evercas, the Tanks. Mm. Um mm. So if you could work with any artist, who would it be and why? Man, that's a tough one. It's a couple. Right now, the first person that comes to mind, I really want to work with her. Uh, Um, She's the sweetest. Yeah, she's amazing, man. When I think about the energy, uh, the purpose, the light that that I possess, and when I think about whatever calling, anointing that it is on her, I feel like together Mm -hmm. um, we would make just something dope. I think the synergy would really be there, man. So I would love to work with her. I would love to work with Don Tolliver. Okay. Um, his vibe right now is, is crazy. And like I keep mentioning, like the Chris, the UGKs, Don Tolliver's from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to his music, there's a level of what UGK brought to me that I hear, but for like a present. Right, right, right. Space. You know what I mean? Um, so I would love to work with Don Tolliver and like Masego. I, I'm loving Masego right now. Okay, yeah, I definitely think those are all some solid, some solid people. I think out yeah. of all of them, I probably listen to her the most. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, her, nah, she she's probably the most. Um, I would want to work with her more than anyone else, just off of musicianship alone, bro. Honestly. Right, right, right. Yeah, shout out to her. She's really doing a lot right now. Really successful. Yeah. Everything. So she she doing her thing. So now I want to know, um, what would you say would be your favorite thing about being an artist and why? Um, My favorite thing about being an artist is being able to express myself freely and not having to, because we do this as artists, mm-hmm. but 
in terms of caring too much about what other people think. We're mm -hmm. sensitive about what it is that we do. But as an artist, it's literally your job to express what other people can't mm -hmm. um, or don't know how to, per se. So I think my favorite thing about it is the fact that that's a gift. And, I, and, and the more and more I come into that and understand it, it, it get a little more fun for me in terms of. So for me, what I'm trying to do is figure out whatever it is that you may need to hear, whether it be a turn up vibe, whether it be a love song, whether it be that heartbreak record, placing myself in actual spaces to be able to connect with other people. And I think that's not something that happens when you go get food from someone. You can you can still connect with the person who mm -hmm. makes your food, but it's not like listening to a song from somebody. So I think servicing people. Uh, from the space in which we are supposed to as artists. That's probably my favorite part about all of this. And I think that's dope. Um, you know, you mentioned like how you talk about, you know, things in your music that you can relate to or that may have happened to people around you. So what yeah. would you say would be like one of the most difficult things that you've talked about in a song and why? Uh, depression. Mm. <clears throat> I would say depression. Um, the song that I have that's out about your uh, goodness, the song that I have out about depression is the song that saved my life when I was going through depression. You know what I mean? Um, and I would say for me writing that it literally was just a prayer. You know, it's mm. entitled The Gospel. The song is only available on SoundCloud. I never uploaded it um, to any other DSPs. But for me, that song was the one that probably was the most difficult to put on wax. Because, again, I felt like it was such a sacred conversation that I was having with God mm. or the most high, whatever you want to call him. So I'm like, did I really want to share this with other people? You know what I mean? Because when I do that, I'm putting it out here for the possibility if people don't like it, I, I have to read that. Right. Or if people, you know what I'm saying, aren't fans of what it is that I'm saying I feel or was going through, then people also have the space and liberty now to comment and, and say whatever it is they feel about that. Bro. So I would say the gospel for sure. And, you know, I think it's, you know, important and really brave that you did take that leap and, you know, talk about depression, because I feel like that's still a topic that is super taboo almost, um, yeah. you know, for people to even discuss. So I just want to know, though, like, what gave you that bravery to do that? Like, what was the voice inside of your head that was like, all right, upload this? Um, I would have to say, man, shout out to my mom. She did a really good job at, so my pops, my pops passed when I was seven. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And my mama did a really good job at making me express myself. Like okay. she, she was crazy. You was going to get a whooping for not talking. Like what? What's on your mind? Type shit. Really? So. Um, I think that's so I, good though, because I think so many, you know, people grow up with like their parents, not necessarily like emphasizing how important it is to like sit with your feelings or analyze your feelings yeah yeah but she did a she did a great job at it man and i think when i think about my artistry bro like i turn up don't get me wrong i probably turn up more than most actually but <laughs> when i think about what i want to project and what i want to give to people man i need people i need to die empty and the only way for me to do that is to give out what it is that i feel you know what I mean? Like the fame is cool. What comes with that is cool. But when it's all said and done, am I touching somebody? Mm. Because there's a responsibility. When you're an artist, bro, this shit comes with a responsibility. Right. And whether you are aware of that or not, I am. So I think it's very important for me 
to have the conversations that the average dude, it ain't, it's not deemed cool to talk about depression. So we don't. But if we make it a trend, then people will follow the trend. That's what that's what people do. So for for me as an artist, I just want to be able to create the space where guys feel comfortable with saying I'm hurt because right. it's OK. We all feel these things. And also with women, too, like mm-hmm. I'm hurt. Let's talk about it. And, and I feel like we being pent up against each other, especially in the black community when it comes to the black male and the black female. Right. So for me as a man, a heterosexual male. Like I'm what I would consider to be a king, yes, but I'm a real nigga in real life. You feel me? <laughs> right. So I'm like, bro, look, I got goals in my mouth. I'm tatted. It's cool, nigga. Express yourself. You know what I mean? So I guess just knowing that I have a son, also, I wanted, I wanted to make us being able to say what we feel okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, I love that. And, you know, I think that's super important. I see everybody in the live. They like, yes, like they, going digital, they going yeah. crazy <laughs> in the comments. But no, I definitely think that's really important. And the more men that like express themselves, it will be better for their mental health. Um, yeah. Because bottling up your emotions for anyone listening right now is not the wave. OK, let nah, let it out. So nah. I just want to, you know, thank you for that. So I have this segment on my show. Okay. It's called Quarantine Q&A. Okay. Where I basically <laughs> ask, you know, my artists and my guests what their quarantine was like. Well, you're in Atlanta. So I'm not really sure if y'all ever had a quarantine because y'all do what y'all want. Atlanta wide open. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't think y'all ever going to shut back down. But yeah, for the so little either. a little amount of time when Atlanta was on lockdown, mm-hmm. what was your initial thoughts? Like when they closed everything and it was like only essential businesses? Yeah. Um, I hate to use the word, but I was terrified. Honestly, I didn't know really what this meant. I didn't know. <sighs> so, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Actually, yeah. So I was terrified. I didn't know what this meant. I just kind of went in a space of it made me realize how much control we didn't have, bro. So mm. to keep myself from overthinking about some of the things that I felt years ago in terms of where the world was headed and kind of seeing it all kind of come to fruition, it was kind of wild to me. So I just chose to stay in the studio, literally, okay. man. So I think right when this jump hit, we was getting ready to make the decision to stop with the 52 because we didn't think. A lot of people were so afraid that they stopped coming to the studio. So we need to know that we had the manpower to affect oh. people pull that shit off. Um, but it kind of just made me put my head down and keep running. So I just kind of stuck myself in the studio to kind of keep myself from wigging out about all this shit. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was dope um, because here we are still in the pandemic, right? <laughs> right, which is crazy, which is mad crazy. Super crazy. <laughs> it's me It's me thinking that it, COVID would be gone by now. LOL, joke's on me because um, it's still... Nah, I think you and, and a whole lot of other people in the world, it's crazy to me because uh, it's not just a United States thing. It's like a world pandemic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we all was just in a space, like I mentioned earlier, it's like, bro, the control we thought we had, because we all had plans this year. We right. all, you know, had this bit. I remember how turnt we was about the fact that it was 2020. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It was all about vision and shit like that. And just like, yeah, all right, nigga. They snatched <laughs> the carpet from my funders. Like, hey, yeah, come here. Hold up. So, right. yeah, man. It was interesting. 
It really was um, and still is. So now I want to know, you know, during the quarantine, when you weren't making music, what were some things that you were doing, you know, maybe to just try to relax, things of that nature while the world was on pause? Uh, I spent a lot of time outside. Okay. So I'm a nature boy, but in that space, I felt like I needed to come on Snooze TV, Vision Still Clear. Shout out. But <laughs> I started spending more time outside, man. I felt like I needed to get back closer to the source. Mm-hmm. So sunlight was one thing, man. Like walking outside barefoot. That was my biggest focus because I'm like, yo, this shit is weird. Um, <laughs> talk to me, please, most high God, for real. So that was really what I was doing, like trying to create solitude for myself and just create a sacred space so that I could still maintain my sanity because we w- we didn't know. The, yeah. the, the biggest thing that humans fear is the unknown. Because right. our issue is, that's that's another thing that it taught me, son. I'm sorry I'm kind of going off on the Nah, stage. go ahead. <laughs> it uh, taught me to just kind of like, well, not even taught me, it forced me to relinquish the things that I can't control. You know what I'm saying? And so this COVID is a thing that we all can't control right now. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, so what are you going to do? You going to come to like this sad ass state of mind because life is obviously still going on. People losing their jobs. Everybody going through shit right now. So I didn't want to do much complaining at all. Literally, I just started thinking of a solution for my space. You dig Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's what how that went for Joshua. And I think that's really important because, you know, it just shows that, like, no matter what, how important it is to just adapt to yeah what life kind of throws at you. Um, so you right, said, right. like, you've been, you know, you've been getting back with nature. So I want to know, like, have you ever gone hiking? What are your thoughts on that? Because I personally, <clears> like, <throat> I really like going hiking. Like, that was really nah. my thing. Have you ever? I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, though. I do go hiking. Atlanta, have you ever been to Atlanta? That's what I was about to ask. I've been to Atlanta once, but it was like I was in high school, so a while ago. Okay, cool. Well, it's a lot of like mountains and like random little nature trails and waterfalls out here. And I actually spend the bulk of my free time there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if I don't have anything to do, if I got a free day, that's what a perfect day for me would be actually out in nature near a body of water. So, okay. yeah. And what would you say would be, like, your favorite thing about Atlanta? Because, you know, you've said you've been living there about, like, four years now. Yep. Uh, my favorite thing about it is how black it is. It's black mm. as fuck out here. <laughs> um, and where I'm from, that's one thing about Mississippi, I will say. Uh, it's more of a, it's a crabs in a barrel mentality. Mm. Uh, which I don't blame any of my people for because it's all learned behavior. And I think we're cracking the code in terms of how we got there so that we can kind of reverse that psychology. But, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't experience much of that here in Atlanta. Now, you have people who be on the flu gazy type of time, but mm-hmm. there are actually people here that are genuine and who are all about watching other people get to the next levels and helping them do that, man. So I would say that Atlanta is like the black mecca to me. Wow, that seems dope. I honestly, I do want to visit Atlanta, but yeah. it's it's the way y'all don't care about COVID for me. Like, I mean, well, yeah, we got masks, and I got plenty. I got Josh Waters mask for you now, so if you come down <laughs> here and get you straight. <laughs> y'all got masks, but every time I see somebody in Atlanta, y'all don't got no mask on, like in public places. <sighs> Yeah, well, like I say, I'm from Mississippi. I just live in Atlanta, so I can't speak for what everybody else do. 
<laughs> you know, but <laughs> I guess I understand. I dig that. <laughs> Atlanta needs to get it together because listen here. Mm-mm. So now my next question for you is during the quarantine, were you watching any shows or like reading any books? And if so, what were they? Um, I definitely was. I read a lot of, let me not. I read, I skimmed <laughs> through a lot of books. I was in a lot of your ass. I, I skimmed <laughs> through a lot of books. Um, I had this book called The Boys and Knowledge, which I did complete like two or three. The Boys and Knowledge. Um, my manager and I, shout out to John Griggs. We actually reading The Secret Science of Black Male and Female Sex. I'm looking over because it's over there on my bed right now. Um, that's my favorite one so far. And what's the other one? The Circle of Fire. It's low-key like a book of prayers, but oh, it's okay. super dope. Um, as far as shows, I watched Money Heist. That had my uh, One of my friends was obsessed with that show, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, I was obsessed too. I watched it. I watched like the whole thing twice. Uh, <laughs> I went back and watched Scandal again. Um, I went back. My manager super big on like black exploitation movies, bro. So I actually was next to this nigga watching all of that, man. So okay. I kind we dug in that crate during this pandemic. Yes, all right. Um, <laughs> so you didn't watch P Valley? Um, I. I did, but I was late to it. Like, I just watched P-Valley, like, last month type of time. Right, because yeah. I'm like... Well, my thing with P-Valley was I kept hearing people from Mississippi talk about it. Mm-hmm. And when I went and watched it, I'm like, this is not how Mississippi is. But really? We'll take <laughs> no, so, hmm, I don't know. I really like that show, though. But it was like... The show is dope. The it was making dope. me Please anxious. My music. It was Please making me anxious. Music. It was a lot going on. Yeah, no, nah, the show is super, super dope. So this is why I like the show, because I got people, friends, who's from Memphis. Mm. P-Valley, to me, is what Memphis, Tennessee is like. Oh, Not so much Mississippi. The closest part of Mississippi that uh, reflects P-Valley would probably be Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We don't even really have strip clubs. Mm. Now, we might have strippers come to your house, but we ain't got strip clubs <laughs> like that, man. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so no yeah. Mississippi. Don't be going to Mississippi now thinking that you're gonna be pulling up to the paint because oh yeah, nah, yeah, nah, it's it ain't happening. happening. It's all fiction <laughs> for yeah, everybody exactly. listening right now. So yeah. now we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. now I just want to know what would you say would be your greatest challenge in being an artist and why. Mm, my greatest challenge at being an artist, being an independent artist, I would say, um, that's tough. I don't know. My greatest challenge, and the reason why, because I think I had an answer at the tip of my tongue, but spirit stopped me because I think I make that more of a challenge than being an artist does. Mm. So I would have to say, um... Not getting so down on myself. I'm a Pisces, so I'm sensitive in oh, real life. Oh, y'all emotional. As fuck. You My sister so, is a Pisces, and listen here, okay? Hey, come on. So you already know what it is. <laughs> so the fact that I'm already a sensitive individual when it comes to my craft, I'm extremely sensitive about it. So whereas another artist might take something that I might look at as an L and they would be elated to have that outcome, mm. I'm always beating myself up like, nah, son, I could have did this or I could have did that or, you know what I mean? So I would say um, being a little more kind to myself because I'm doing a good job. Right. I think it's very important to give ourselves grace 
especially yeah. with the year that we've all had to endure. So, you know, yeah, that, yeah, I think for real. everyone can for real. take a lesson out of that. And now my final question for you is, if you could leave the listeners slash viewers with one thing to remember about you, what would it be mm-hmm. and why? One thing about Josh Waters. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> he told you to love yourself. And he believes that God is love. The most high is love. Love is unconditional acceptance. And if you really a fan of me, you got to first be a fan of yourself, man. Yeah, wow. that's what I would tell him. I love that. I love the self-empowerment that we just spread through this conversation. I just want to thank you so much for (laughs) chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Um, This was a great interview. When I end this live, the interview should, you know, upload right to IG in case anybody missed it. Instagram be tripping sometimes, though, but it is recorded on the audio end and will be uploaded to our Apple Podcast, Spotify. Shout out. And, you know. That's dope all the platforms. So let everyone know where they can find you though. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Josh Waters music. If you're streaming music on your phone, go to whatever platform you have and search Josh Waters. And I have plenty there for you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Take care. Yes, ma'am. Take care. Love respect. Alrighty, and that wraps up our interview with Josh. Um, I was definitely, you know, feeling, I love, you know, how he mentioned just, it's Instagram freezing for me. Um, I just love how he mentioned his relationship with God and just, you know, how he was vulnerable when it came to some of his music. Because I think that's what really, you know, sets an artist apart and allows for fans to connect with them so shout out to josh um and yeah but as y'all know i do this new at night segment every night and i just want to say that i've been really getting a lot of music (laughs) to my email and i really do appreciate y'all um and of course i'm gonna play y'all a track for y'all tonight And I just want to say, keep submitting the music. I see you. I hear you. I'm listening to you. Um, So this track is actually by this dude. He's from New York. His name is Kaffer Myers. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. And the song is called True to Self. Um, It's a dope track. The music video is also on YouTube, and it's pretty cool as well. So make sure y'all check that out. And I will see y'all next week, same time, same place. And next week is going to be a big episode because it's going to be the night before my birthday. You know, the vibes, big sad energy. Yes, sir. So thank y'all so much and see y'all next week.